Hey guys, it's Darren, and I'm adding this message in post to give some context on the structure of the episode. Originally, we did a plot recap in full detail, but afterwards we realized that it felt a little redundant, especially because the viewers who are watching this episode most likely are, have already seen the film. So I decided to cut out a lot of the filler from this plot recap section, but keep the parts where we dive deeper into certain scenes. For example, we loved a lot of the scenes like the rain scene, which is a very essential part of the film, so we felt like, you know... It, it deserved to kind of still be in the cast. So for the next 30 minutes or so, you're going to hear a lot of sudden cuts. It might sound a little jarring because we're going to jump to different scenes. But if you want to skip this deeper dive and instead want to go into the overall discussion about the ending, our interpretations of the film, and the hidden meanings that we found, there will be timestamps in the description below. I apologize if it sounds a little confusing during the cast. I hope you stick around because it was a fun and special episode where we talk about a film that we absolutely adored. And feel free to leave any feedback in the comments below. All right, cool. Thank you. And uh, back to the cast. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Dojo Podcast. My name is Darren Vega. I'm one of your hosts today. And I am joined by my usual co-hosts, Xander Klaxentai, Ryan Tolley, and Patrick Booth. And today we have a very, very special episode. So because of that, we wanted to invite some very special guests. We invited two of our closest friends. Go ahead and introduce yourself, guys. Yo, what's up? Go, Craig. My name's Andrew Rapicon. What's up, Andrew? <laughs> All right. I was here for Craig. All right. All right. <laughs> he said I was waiting for Craig, bro. <laughs> All right, we, so who we have Correct. on the cast today is our closest friends, Carson and Rap. Uh, Andrew, we we refer to him as Rap. That's his nickname. Yes, Anyways, sir. Um, yes, sir. Yeah, Carson we wanted to have them on for a long time, and we also want to have them on because today we're doing a film cast, and they are two of the biggest film casts or film fanatics that we know. Biggest film cast. Yes, no, the big film cast. cast. They, they love film. A big film fanatic. Yeah, I'm just I'm like super interested in hearing your guys' thoughts on the film that we're talking about today, which is a special film called Parasite, which is directed. Yeah. By yeah. Yes, dude, we love we love <laughs> this. Film. I thought this episode was Tiger King. <laughs> what the Carol hell? Baskin. I remember talking about Carol Baskin too. But yeah, uh, Parasite, uh, we love the film. It's the South Korean film that made big waves last year and earlier this year. It won Best Picture at the Oscars, which is a pretty big deal. I mean, we'll talk about why in a, in a little later. With that <laughs> being said, if you have not seen Parasite yet, like, do not watch this episode at all. We're going to scroll the shit no, out of it. No, watch it. it. You, we're, we're doing this later. We're doing, we're we're doing a good recap. <laughs> yeah, but to start off first, um, what's your guys' first kind of overall take of this film this is like the what second time we watched it for most of us yeah for most of us king amazing yeah, yeah what do you think craig as well craig what do you think baby <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah what'd you guys think then you go what i think is very good <laughs> <laughs> all right thank you xander <laughs> once again uh huge cinephile so very good Super. Are you are you a super? Super cinephile. Sorry, we're using super today. All right, cool. <laughs> we love the film, as you can tell. <laughs> oh my gosh, y'all. <laughs> okay, so I mean, it's kind of hard to go to talk about without getting deep into it. So I guess we'll just go straight into the plot then. Oh, they were talking about the art. That's what. That's oh. What, yeah, that's what kind of. Oh yeah, the art. Yeah, go ahead. yeah. So they had a little conversation about art. He was trying to make it seem more of a big deal than it actually was, and then later he's like, "Oh, you know what?" 
you know, I know a great tutor that could tutor your son. Yeah, and I want to talk about this part, Dan, mm-hmm. because uh, I, when we were watching it, I noticed something because I watched it a couple times, and I noticed like <clears throat> when, as they're walking down the pathway outside, you kind of see the recognition in his face, or like uh, the realization of like, yeah, like oh, I thinking. can put my sister on. And as you see that kind of turn in his face, the the camera kind of pans up and you see like more sky behind him. And right. I think I, like I just saw like you see like that that brightening like the light bulb, like he gets an idea. So I just thought that, that was a really cool shot to yeah, me. Because mm-hmm. he kind of like, you know, it kind of starts, sets everything in motion. Exactly. Putting his family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't even notice that until you mentioned it while we were watching it today, which is really cool. And you pointed out a lot of stuff, too. Uh, it was really cool Hell watching yeah. it like with all you guys because we were just able to yeah. point out different stuff. Um, but yeah, we'll get into more of that. Funny later. as hell, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was really funny. It, it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, mm. he puts the mom on his sister. He's like, you know, she's from, she's from uh, Illinois. And this is important, too, because Carson mentioned it while we were watching it, but you know, in Asian culture, they kind of have this idea that America is like, you know, very high end and um, they're fascinated with American culture and higher education in America. And you could see that translate in the film too, which is really, is deeply rooted in Korean culture too. So it was really cool. Yeah. That like that. You, yeah. And you see like the mom would say like some English words and like phrases just like out of nowhere. Right. She's trying to be trendy. And then later, they have an idea after a couple more lessons. The sister puts on the dad, Mr. Kim. And it's, it's interesting how that goes because this rich family just already thinks so low of their assistance. You know, like just right. one bad move and like, oh, wow, mm-hmm. like you betrayed our family. Yeah, spot. don't skip over the part where uh, they're eating because I remember you mentioned uh, uh, right. when they're at the buffet. They, yeah. Uh, you kind of see this. Um, oh, yeah. Or talk about your food idea, like how you thought, how like the more money they got, the more income they started, you know, getting a better lifestyle and eating better yeah, food exactly. and all that um, Something I didn't really notice the first time watching it, and then I kind of paid more attention to it this time. Um, the reason why is because I saw like analysis video. I was like, oh shit, I didn't even catch that. And mm-hmm. looking at it now, I was like, you see progressively throughout the film, they start living a better life. Their house becomes a little more cleaner. But it's also really conveyed in the food. So progressively, you see them earning more money. And then they, now they get to eat at buffets. They're not eating moldy bread at home. And then they eventually get to buy beef later in the movie. Um, yeah, I, I think it's also funny how, because um, during that scene, the son is like, oh, it's, look, we're even at a driver's cafe. Like, it's a, it's a metaphor. And, like, the, the characters do, like, a... Um, like a, they break the fourth wall by like saying like, oh, this is so metaphorical. This is so metaphorical. Mm. And I, I just wanted to point that out because I thought that was funny. Like that the director or writer or whoever made that decision, like had the characters like actually say that in the movie. They plot against the housekeeper and have the mom replace her. So this is my favorite scene. I, I call it the, the TB scene, the tuberculosis scene. Um, the reason why is because they framed the, the housekeeper. For having tuberculosis and what they do is they find out that she's allergic to beaches then they just plant peaches on her the editing behind it was like the highlight for me because you see them like scripting out 
what they would say in that situation. Yeah, it's like, it's yeah. like a montage. It's like yeah, a montage, montage exactly. And it cuts to the next to them saying the same script, but in the real time. And it was just such an amazing scene, and then, like it just builds up and builds up, and it culminates into that <clears throat> the last moment where the mom is going up the stairs and the sees icing on the cake. Yeah, and the icing oh, yeah. and the cake, yeah, and it's just all in slow motion. It's just such a such an amazing scene. That's, a, that's epic. Another important scene when they're back home, and the drunk, the drunk guy that pisses in front of their house usually came back, and he's about to piss again. And this time, so the first time we saw the drunk, the drunk guy, Kiwu was like scared, and Min was the one that stood up to him. But this time around, Kiwu was, you know, he feels more confident in himself, mm-hmm. and he's able to step up to him. But he grabs a rock. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa! Don't grab the rock. Like, let's just let's just spray no, it with water. True. Yeah, <laughs> and then it leads to this really amazing shot when Jessica films them in slow mo. And then this transitions to pretty much the the middle of the film where the rich family goes camping and the poor family gets the house to themselves. But then <laughs> in the middle of the night, yeah. it's raining and the housekeeper comes back. And then later, as they get down, we they reveal that someone's been living there, and that's the housekeeper's husband, and he's going crazy. Um, and the reason why they're down there is they're hiding from debt collectors. And uh, Carson mentioned this. So the reason why they're hiding from debt collectors is um, this thing that happened in South Korea. From what I researched, I believe it happened in around 2019, early 2010s. Basically, there's this big boom of like Taiwanese businesses and Korean fried chicken businesses. And um, it was really easy for families to just collect loans or yeah, grab a loan and open up their own business. And but so many families were doing it that there's a lot of competition and a lot of businesses failed and mm-hmm. they weren't able to pay back their loans. So from what I read from my research actually is that um the Kim family kind of had a very similar situation. They mentioned it like very subtly in their dialogue that they opened up a fried chicken business and that's why they're living in the situation they are now. The same thing pretty much happened to the housekeeper's family too, except they collected a lot of debt and the the guy is just hiding down the basement just to hide from the debt collectors. It leads to this scene where the kid is in the tent, the rich couple is on the couch while the Kim family is hiding under the table. And this is an important scene <coughs> because the rich dad is talking about the Kim family, you know, obviously not knowing that they're there. And he says, our driver, he smells, but he smells really bad. Like, this is a point that hits really hits hard for um, Mr. Kim, and we'll get to the reason why later, which happens uh, near the final scenes. You see, in while he's under the table, he's like smelling himself. He's like, "Wow, do I really smell that bad? Like you're just disrespecting me." And this transitions to the rain scene. And I'd like you guys to to explain the rain scene because I know a lot of us really enjoyed this scene. So, what were you guys' thoughts on the rain scene? Um. And you're talking about when they're leaving the house? Yeah, when they're leaving, and it's like... Um, down. Okay. Uh, well, I think Pat has the first one because mm. uh, right when they leave, you notice the, the draining. You mentioned yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, the drainage. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll go, I'll go with that first. Yeah, so just the way the house is like geographically located, all the water is like pushed down because of gravity, like down that slope right on the hill. And... Uh, to go with that kind of uh, verticality in the scene, you see the water eventually uh, lead its way to kind of a, a sewer opening just so there's like, you know, proper drainage. And then Bong Joon-ho is pretty smart with that because he 
the the audio as well intensifies um, of the water kind of streaming down. And even on my first watch from the get-go, I immediately knew right then and there that that was kind of foreshadowing the next scenes that were to come. Uh, basically just because of, you know, we, we know where they've lived, uh, you know, from the beginning of the movie, um, yeah. kind of in a slum. Uh, and and literally a semi basement like under the ground. So, yeah. so that that immediately made me think like, oh shit, yeah, they're probably gonna get flooded. And then yeah, I mean, you guys can take it from there because you know you'll explain the stuff. Yeah, as like as they're going home, you see, like wherever they go, they're constantly walking downstairs, and there's like these long, long shots of just them just walking down like hella stairs like multiple times and so it's just kind of like shows like they're kind of coming coming down off this like off their high you know living in this house getting drunk whatever Mm -hmm. and they're just coming back down to reality coming to where they live and kind of noticing like oh shit our our place is getting flooded Mm -hmm. and they kind of have a like check of reality while they're down there that's true. Yeah, yeah. You, especially seeing Kiwu too, as he's like holding the rock and just standing still, and his dad's like, "What are you doing? Like, come on, let's go." But he's just holding the rock, and this leads to more of a like reflection point later in the film for him. Yeah, I guess um, what I want. Oh, sorry. Um, no, I guess good. um, go more broad. Um, the rain is kind of when the rain started. It's kind of like a turning point of the movie. Um, and the first half of the movie before rain is almost like a darkish comedy where um brings the poor family um up in society in their opinion where they um eventually took over the house somewhat and lived that perfect life and then um when the rain started that's kind of like how um it's kind of almost like a metaphor how it washed away um their dreams or what they see as like you know the perfect reality mm-hmm. and then um we feel themselves and then they go back to being almost like a parasite where um they have to um you know hide um from the host just so that they don't get killed or um how the rain kind of um so patrick talking about the rain going downhill so it's almost kind of like them being washed back down to the bottom of society in a sense right then um that part also uh resembles the rock that was given in the beginning of the film where um, if you look it up, the rocks um, is actually not um, a regular piece of rock. It's actually from a dime, uh, sorry, downstream. So, um, a rock will have to um, be in a river for um, so many years. And then the downstream water um, is what creates the um, strike patterns that you see on the rock. So mm. in a way, the rock is representing um, their lives being like washed down back to you know the very bottom society. Mm-hmm. Got you. Yeah, and that rock plays a bigger part at the very end too. Yeah, I didn't even really think about the rock playing that big of a part. But yeah. all of you guys made like some really fucking valid points. But like going back of like going back to what Patrick said about like the verticality of like everything that was happening, and you know how rap was talking about like going down. You know, it's kind of just like it's, it's basically like the social triangle, right? You know, the, mm-hmm. the rich is always going to be at the top. And them being flushed away down is like just them going back down. Um, what I guess what Rap was saying, like off that high horse and like off of like that wealthy lifestyle, going back down to being, you know, or like being grounded back into, um, into being reality. Like, yeah, like yeah. to a reality of being yeah. 
of like not wealthy, the working class people that are always going to be like kind of at the bottom of the social triangle. Mm-hmm. Um, that was like one of the one things that like I really noticed that Bond did a good job in this movie was like kind of hitting like the stereotypes of the social dif- social class differences. Yeah. Um, yeah. And when the rain the rain scene hit, like um, it made that point even like more valid. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, most definitely. Like he did a really good job of like like having like some physical elements of like portraying that message and mm-hmm. the rain scene was a perfect example of that exactly just like just the differences between the houses is it's a clear you know social class difference type of thing and definitely. Uh, we definitely see that in this scene most definitely and also um when the mom when they're getting like drunk and talking in the uh talking in the, um, the living room. in their house mm-hmm. the mom was mentioning oh this isn't really our house if if they were to come home you guys would scatter like roaches and that was kind of foreshadowing on what was going to happen yeah right. they came home they all hid they all cleaned up real fast they all and then right when the lights went out they you know they booked it i didn't want to pass by that because i thought that was really uh, and they really did act like they act as if they were really roaches in that scene like you could mm-hmm. definitely see it. yeah exactly yeah, it's really cool how you brought that up because I didn't even really think of that the first time we watched it. And as we're watching today, that was something you pointed out too, which is really cool. <laughs> All right, so this transitions to some other important scenes as well because you get to see how both families react to the rain. So um, an important way that we could start off with this this part of the movie is how the mom reacts to it while Mr. Kim is driving. And what she says is rain was such a blessing. But to the Kim family, you know, they lost their home. And you could see that a lot of people lost their homes. They had to evacuate to a gym and it was packed with hella people. And a cool thing that Rap mentioned too while we're watching is that um, you see that the mom was picking out clothes the next day. Like, you know, she had a whole closet full of clothes. While the Kim family had, you know, they had a bunch of clothes that were donated um, on the gym floor and everyone's like fighting to grab something and i thought that was a really good yeah for too. yeah just like that um that sort of uh comparison because the shots are right next to each other the mom wakes up you know bright bright sun through her glass windows and mm-hmm. um she just walks into her walk-in closet picking out whatever she wants and then it immediately switches to a gym full of wet people uh, like just like picking whatever clothes they can just donated clothes that uh and that's just a um a comparison beautifully kind of shot most and put in the yeah put in the movie yeah but actually we kind of paid over an important scene too was after they came out the house that night um their flooded house they went straight to the gym right and you see everyone's trying to sleep but then Kiwu and Mr. Kim were still up. And as Pat was mentioning, this is a this is a moment of like foreshadowing. Cause like Kiwu, like I mentioned earlier, was, you know, this was like a inflection point for him. It was kind of a wake-up call, like you guys mentioned. And he was hugging the rock. And he was like, Dad, like, what was your plan when we were in the rain scene? And the dad says, like, the best plan is no plan because you have no expectations and you'll never fail your plan if you have no plan and this is really important for the rest of the movie because you feel like Kiwu's 
has to like think of a plan to take matters into his own hands and he does that multiple times throughout the rest of the movie and i like how pat i think it was pat that mentioned this too like later in the film they they all of the kim family kind of does different things during the birthday party scene because they don't have a plan they didn't really talk it out and this kind of leads to their own demise as well Okay, are we ready so to we go were, back? We were talking oh, about man, the, the scene where Mr. Kim and Mr. Park were in the bushes, and you could tell that Mr. Kim was not motivated to do anything, but Mr. Park was not happy about that. He's like, you're getting paid extra for this. And Ryan brought up a really cool point while we're watching the film. I would like you to uh, mention it. Yeah, well, just from like the beginning of the, whenever the Kim family first started working for the parks, um, especially stuck out in that scene, but what I really noticed is like, the Park family kind of like tries to control the Kims like with their money, basically. And in a way, I guess that you can say that's kind of like they're basically like, kind of like downing the Kims because they know that they don't have money like that. Mm-hmm. And they can kind of control them basically with their money. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just kind of kind of disrespectful in a way, I guess. It's like one of the, um, you know, the the Kims think that the parks are nice, but like, in my opinion, I don't think the parks are like completely all, you know, nice and like you know mighty. I guess. Yeah. But and, uh, we'll we'll go into it a little deeper, but like you know that's mm. that kind of shows like you know maybe the Kim family doesn't have this all in control as they think they do, and mm, that know, too. The rich family still has that advantage. Um, we'll yeah, they still kind of have like control over them when it comes to money. Exactly. Um. um so yeah, this this scene um, paired with Kiwu. And he grabs a rock and he brings it downstairs, um, down to the basement. And this pretty much says, like, you know, he was about to kill him. Mm-hmm. I've seen a couple interpretations of the scene <coughs> of it being maybe like a peace offering. Um, I'm not sure. I think I mm-hmm. kind of believe the first theory, especially because, like, at this point in the film, like, he, he's trying to take matters into his own hands. Like, when he was talking to his dad in the gym, he's like, I'll, I'll, I'm sorry about everything. I'll, I'll take care of everything from here on. Uh, his dad's like, you know, what the heck are you talking about? Um, I guess this is what his plan was. Let's not go past what happened in this scene because yeah, we yeah, believe sure. that Kiwu should have died there. What do you What do you guys think? <sighs> you get hit in the red, <laughs> you get hit in the head with a fucking big-ass rock twice? I don't twice, know. Twice, dude. Twice. I mean, unless, oh, yeah. unless I do one get, of you guys wants um, to test it out. I do get what... Ryan, you brought this up. So yeah, I'll let you talk for most of it. But you were just saying, uh, you know, Bang Jun's his interpretation of the movie and the oh, like the, the actual that I was the actual earlier. tone and what he's going for. Oh yeah, kind yeah. of kind of is why it is allowed to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you could you could touch on that more <clears throat> unless you want to wait for later. Just saying, yeah. just saying uh, we're just already saying, here. So, we so basically, busy. basically from like, <clears throat> I don't know if you guys felt the same way, but. A lot of people took this movie, or at least, you know, from a lot of articles I read, they took this movie a little too seriously. Um, in the sense, like, yeah, it does touch on realistic topics, um, like the social class distancing, basically, or differences. You know, they kind of see it more as like, as something that people should be seeing as a problem in Korea or a problem in America. But like, just knowing like Bong and like just the way he like kind of was like his personality and like his kind of tone in the movie didn't seem like it was meant at all to be taking this movie like seriously. Um, 
I, I I don't know. I kind of found this movie to be have a comedic tone at times. Oh yeah, definitely. Which is <clears throat> which is why is like if he's talk if he's talking about like such a serious topic, um, he would make the movie be more serious and realistic. Right. And I guess what Pat is trying to like say is like because of like that tone, you know, this tone, you know, he definitely should be dead. Um, <laughs> but you know, because of his tone in the story, obviously he isn't. Yeah. When he yeah. he should have uh, just fucking got. I like how you brought, I like how you brought that up while we're watching too, because um, cause I think that's definitely the tone that Bond was going for, and the reason why it goes for that is because of the over exaggerations of the differences mm-hmm. between the class. Like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a rich family wouldn't be that dumb, but they let the Kim family come in and and take advantage of them. Do that thing. Um, he basically like he basically just pointed out all the stereotypes that people see, yeah. you know, that people want to see in a Hollywood movie. Um. And he kind of turned that into his own twist, which is what I like. Yeah, it's sure. really unique too. too. Um, and mm-hmm. I mean, that doesn't downplay the message though. Like it's, <clears throat> it's, a, it's still, it feels very genuine. It's feel relatable. And it just, the over-exaggerations don't make it fake. It, it, if anything, it enhances the film and kind of drives home the message even more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I got to agree with that too. Yeah, and I also want to point out like um, what you guys are saying. Like the, like, sure, the logic doesn't make sense. He should have been dead. Mm-hmm. But because it's a movie, and like w- what I've learned in my few classes of at college, um, like there's certain things that that are more important than others, such as like feeling, emotion, mm-hmm. and like this and camera work, rather than like the logic of like 3D space or yeah, right. like, um, yeah, most definitely, or like you know, like it. Like sure, okay. He wants to get hit in the head with the rock twice and live. That's for that's more for the story rather than yeah. Oh, he definitely should have died if you take in the consideration of, a, exactly. of the rock weight. You know what I'm saying? I like 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 it's a movie it's supposed to be fun and entertaining, mm-hmm. anyways. Yeah. yeah. So and this happens more often than not. You know, things sure. aren't always gonna be realistic. Like you know, fucking look at Thanos. If they want to go, yeah. <laughs> like okay. Okay. travel back in time. And there's a lot of like issues with that, but you know. It, we you know, got that last scene on your There's ladder. always going to be people out there that are going to be like, oh, this should have happened. This, this would have never yeah, happened. Exactly. This movie yeah. sucks. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. You yeah. know, if, if you go crazy off of like little logistical things like that, like, mm-hmm. no, it's supposed to be like how the movie makes you feel yeah, and what exactly. message it gets out. Yeah. Because yeah. if he doesn't live there, the ending wouldn't have hit as hard exactly. as no, it, it, it Not at all. Yeah. If he doesn't live there, the ending doesn't hit. So, like, exactly. You know, People just gotta like, real, like, kind of see this as like, as director's standpoint from Bong or a writer's standpoint. It's mm-hmm. like, it's just about the story, you know. Yeah. It's yeah, just the premise sure. of the story, and like, kind of getting that that finishing scene towards the end. Definitely. Um, it wasn't meant to be literal. This movie, I don't. I feel like it wasn't meant to be taken literally. Yeah. But, yeah, that's but, uh, the, that was. Yeah, bad. And I and I feel that the best works that give off like the best message usually have comedy and like dark humor mm-hmm. because oh, yeah, like, for sure because that's how you get your audience like feeling comfortable with you 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 make them laugh and cry and feel yeah, all this way definitely. and then you hit them with the message mm-hmm. once they're that's like feeling said. like vulnerable yeah. like mm-hmm. to your movie definitely. or even just like making the message be super relatable you know yeah yeah, um, yeah. and everyone can i'm not everyone but like you know most people can relate to this um and that's just what that's just like any good story. It just has to be yeah. relatable, or at least the characters come off as people that you can relate to or see yourself in. 
and that kind of like comes into play with like the emotions you're talking about rap because once you once you can like kind of see yourself in that person or relate to the characters um you kind of see yourself being more like drawn to the story yeah and then your emotions kind of just you know take a yeah. toll on that that mm-hmm. sense definitely yeah and i would say like this is kind of like the only like I guess plot hole that's really in the film like everything else is like feels really well thought out which is a mm. which is a testament to the film itself like there's not a bunch of plot holes there's not a bunch of like weird shit happening like there's always something happening for a reason and yeah it feels like a full film you exactly, know exactly yeah Every, like um, everything it isn't just like a throwaway it doesn't just like just oh let's just just do this shot you know just to get it over with yeah every shot every shot has meaning every sentence has meaning you know things agreed. in the background have meaning agreed um, the houses have meaning, like pure masterpiece. You know, it 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 really, it really is. is like really a pure is, masterpiece. Bro. I think I can genuinely say that this movie was a was a masterpiece, Most and definitely. in that sense, although like definitely. I won't I won't say it's the best movie, but I do think that Bong did an amazing job with everything, um, story wise, and just creating the movie, um, paying attention to detail, especially. We left off with um, Kiwu getting hit with the rock, and then the crazy guy grabs a knife and stabs Jessica, and this happens in front of all the rich the rich guys and they're all like you know mortified they're like running away um but they're all also ignoring that jessica got stabbed and even the park family is ignoring that like you notice in the dialogue like mr park he's like yelling at mr kim as mr kim is like trying to stop the bleeding he's like grab the car come on let's go let's get the car crazy guy eventually dies and this is when um he has this confrontation and he finally meets mr park this guy that he fascinated for four years. I just remember the respect part. Was there like any other dialogue that was happening there? We're talking about <clears throat> the scene where the uh, Mr. Park dies. Uh, no, when Mr. Park um, sees the crazy guy, and the crazy guy has like you know has the, the skewer in her in his uh, in his stomach, and he's oh, all yeah. like respect, and he's like looking up at um, Mr. Park. Oh, um, oh, yeah. yeah. He doesn't really say anything. I think he just says. It's like hi or, or hi, like, Mr. Hey, you know, Park. I can finally meet you, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah hi, Mr. Nice Park. You. And I do want to mention a um, a, a part of the shot, like the yeah, angle he... that was shot at. Uh, the camera is looking up towards Mr. Park, and with the sun behind him, and it creates a halo effect to where mm-hmm. it looks like you know. Then they do that in movies to show like a sort of godlike figure. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um. And that's how and that's how that crazy guy sort of saw him because for four years he was worshiping him downstairs in the basement. Because, yeah, likes. because he fed him, he fed him food. Well, like it, indirectly, like, not yeah, yeah, indirectly. He fed him food. He gave him shelter, mm-hmm. and that's why he sort of saw him as that godly figure. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he was just like, oh hell no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, <laughs> the fuck. So it then goes to the scene I was mentioning when. Um, Mr. Park was yelling at Mr. Kim to grab the keys and uh, lifts up the crazy guy's dead body. And as he's yeah. grabbing the keys, you notice that he's covering his nose. And he, it's because he can't stand the smell of this poor guy, this crazy guy. And mm-hmm. Mr. Kim notices it. And I, I know a lot of us mentioned it while we we're watching it too. But um, Mr. Kim sees that. And it calls back to that scene when they were under the table and Mr. Park was a. Uh, Kind of talk about Mr. Kim behind his back, like, oh, like that guy smells. And that well, it kind of home. falls back to all the scenes where Mr. or Mr. Park was kind of like 
closing his nose and like right. talking about the spell and the stench. even yeah even when whenever he caught Miss Park you know uh, covering her nose and opening the window in the car yeah oh right you know, yeah it, it yeah, all led up to this moment yeah, yeah it all led up to this moment where uh, Mr Kim's kind of just he's this is the last straw yeah he's yeah, he's yeah, fed yeah, up he with that couldn't take it anymore and then that's when he goes on his his own rampage and kills Mr Mr Park after this point he's it just kind of the movie goes into like this trance it's slow motion it's above one of my favorite shots from the film is like it's above mr mr kim as he's walking down the stairs with the blood on his hands it's like amazing like crane <clears throat> shot or drone shot I don't, I don't even know what it was but um, it had to be a drone or something it, i think yeah, it was it a crane. i think they put like a they had the camera on a wire and then they just kind of crane craned it over him mm-hmm. mm. that makes sense yeah definitely. maybe but no matter what, it was still an amazing shot and probably something I probably wouldn't have thought of. Yeah, yeah it was a very unique shot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, and plus you got to see like the um, the kind of mess that happened at the party. Yeah, like, the carnage. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All the all the shit that just fell on the floor. The blood. Um, yeah. Every everyone's bags being left behind because they ran away so fast. Mm-hmm. You know, all that type of stuff. Right. Yeah. That's a that's a good aspect to mention of that scene. Hmm. And then um, it cuts to uh, Kiwu waking up from his uh, brain surgery, and you know we're all like, "How the hell did he survive?" And um, you could tell you could tell that he suffered a lot of brain damage. Um, he can't even think straight. He's he just he can't he can't talk. But yeah, so it transitions in that. So you don't really know what happened after that party. It kind of just cuts later in the future, and then mm-hmm. you see what happens to the Kim family after this. Um, they. Um, get set on trial. Um, they weren't um, in prison though, um, and then they go back to their old house, and it's, it comes kind of full circle. It's like, like they went through all this shit, but they end up at the same house. And Kiwu kind of is in his own zone, and he has his own plan to eventually buy the house. Well, first off, he he's in the snow, and Rat mentioned um, an aspect of the snow. Do you do you want to mention that? Oh yeah. Um so it's kind of like winter time and it's all snowy and the snow can in movies sometimes uh represent sort of like uh rebirth mm-hmm. or um like new beginnings because you know in winter everything dies out and then eventually spring will come and everything will come back. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of like a good a good way to wrap up the movie and kind of show like, you know, everything kind of died down and, you know, hopefully things will just spring back up. Yeah. And that's, that's Kiwi's plan. Like he's, his plan is to kind of make something out of us and like restart and have a better life. And what he does is he goes, travels back to the house. The, the park family's not even there anymore. Um, and he sees the Morse code and he's like, Oh shit. Like we know what happened, but um, prior to finding out what happened, um, you know, he's reading the Morse code, like, you know, whoa, some, something, something's getting sent to me. Like, I swear I'm reading this. And then as he re- translates it, he finds out that his dad is actually under the bunker. Um, he pretty, the dad pretty much replaces the crazy guy. And Kiwu comes up with this plan where he's going to have enough money to buy the house. And uh, he has this message, this little dialogue as this montage is playing. is like, you know, I'm just going to buy the house and dad, all you have to do is just walk up the stairs. And it cuts to a scene where you see Kiwu, he's all dressed up. He's all, he looks nice. His hair is nice. He's with his mom. They buy the house. And then this is where the waterworks happen. 
this is when uh, Mr. Kim walks up the walks up the stairs and they were finally reunited. But then it turns out that it was all just kind of like a dream. And it cuts back to the first shot as the final shot. And it pans down to Kiwu, you know, not looking like he was like in that little dream sequence. He still looks the same. And we kind of have the ending kind of tells us that this shit didn't happen. You know, this, this happy ending, it wasn't. It yeah, it didn't happen, but it's kind of like it. It could maybe wish it would happen. Yeah. What do you guys think of the ending? Like mm-hmm. it not being real. I feel like I really like it, even though like it hurts. Like oh man, like the, mm-hmm. I was about to tear up with the with the whole ending, but it it feels like a very it it fits the film because it's a very kind of like a realistic take on yeah on the message of that Bong was trying to send. Like you know. Like this family is trying to move up uh, financially, and ultimately they fail, and it goes full circle. And literally, it goes full full circle with the cinematography, with the first shot being the final shot. And it shows that, like you know, no matter how hard you dream, like the reality of it is that it possibly will not happen, and you won't be able to move up in the world like you might think you will. I feel you on that. Um, I like. I really. Like this is probably one of my favorite movie endings. Me too. Um just the fact that his dad or Mr. Kim traded places with crazy eyes. Um mm. crazy I mean, eyes. it's kind of like <laughs> the the way the way I see it is they kind of got they literally got what they deserve. Um yeah. because of the fact that not only were they at the bottom trying to make it to the top and I kind of what did you say the message was, Darren? That like, um, at least with Bong that to... ending, like well, they're trying to move up, but like, it, you know, they weren't able to. Mm-hmm. Pretty much, I feel like the the message that Bong was trying to like say is like, you know, the people at the bottom are always gonna try and make it to the top, but whenever they try and or like, whenever they try and, you know. I guess ruin the lives of the people that are on the same social class as them. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get there because you're just more of a parasite than, you know, they think that the people at the top mm-hmm. are. It's like, you know, the whole, the entire time the Kim's family was always screwing someone over, right? That's true. You know, it, whether it was crazy eyes or the past made or, or it was the park. Yeah. Or the mm-hmm. driver or the parks, That's true. you know, they're all, they were always had high hopes of making it to the top. But the more you screw people over, the more karma is going to bite you in your ass. Mm-hmm. And it just happened to be that karma bit them really hard in the ass. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of one of the things that I wanted to touch on, but I was going to wait until later. It was like, you know how I was mentioning how like this movie didn't come off as realistic to me? Mm-hmm. Um, I just yeah. felt like the whole message behind this is like, it doesn't really matter who you are in the social class. Um you know, if you don't do things like morally or like ethically, like you're just kind of gonna you're just gonna have like a face to face match with karma. And we see it both in Mister, are uh, both in the Parks family and in the Kim's family. You know, the Kim's lost. Um, their what is I forgot what her name. But yeah, Jessica. They lost Jessica because you know they were doing some dumb shit throughout the entirety of the movie. And then the Parks, you know, they lost the dad. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like. The way I saw it was like the parks were pretty nice for letting them come in for a lot of the movie, but they had some really disrespectful scenes towards, you know, the poor people. Definitely. And 
it was kind of just like you know they got what they kind of deserved too because because mm-hmm. of the way they acted towards yeah. the kim family i um, like that take a lot i didn't really think of that and i think yeah the message behind that ending too is it's kind of just like really unfair like how does the social class works in korea and mm-hmm. you know i think it reflects america as well like you know the top are always going to be at the top and the bottom is always going to be at the bottom no matter how hard, how hard they work and that's not necessarily at the fault of the of the poor people but like it's just kind of just how society works in those countries and it's mm-hmm. it's really it's kind of like a like a jab at it like you know like this is how it is you know yeah but it's also kind of like a jab at people who like are trying to eat away people that yeah. are on the way to the top mm-hmm. true it's kind of like it's kind of like a big middle finger you know yeah. like bezos like you, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Coronavirus. Yeah. Coronavirus. All right, different one, different one. But yeah, that was that was just my take That's on a good the take. ending. I like that. And kind of like the whole movie, the kind of message that I kind of caught. Mm-hmm. Um, but what about you guys? Yeah, I think the ending made sense just from the stylistic standpoint of the the rest of the movie. Uh, had they just ended it on him actually achieving that plan, that goal. I, I don't know. It would just it would just leave the the end of the movie kind of awkward. I don't. Yeah, I, I don't really see it being an ideal fit because you know there are a lot of movies that that would end along those lines. Mm-hmm. But you know, obviously with Bong Joon Ho's style and just yeah, just the whole plot where where it's headed, there's really there's honestly no point to, to kind of make it a happy ending. Uh, it, it's it makes way more sense to put it in the the grounding of kind of, you know, what you guys have been talking about yeah. the, the repercussions of what they've done. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the only thing, I think the biggest thing that I, I took away after we watched it the second time and I thought about it a little bit was, uh, so there's kind of, it's kind of like this idea of three cycling families within this space, right? So you've got the Kims of Parks and then I forgot the last name of the the crazy couple the crazy couple basically mm-hmm. but so you've got like these three revolving entities in one area uh and even even in the end of the movie that actually still happens because mm-hmm. that german family moves in and then you know mr kim ends up in the basement right and then uh kevin and his mom still exist i uh, still have to live their life so it's almost, it's almost like some people shifted spots, sort of. Yeah. But at the end of the day, the message is still the same of kind of this social difference and yeah, basically, you know, how, how you see life as reality. Like, no, you know, we always think that our life is how all life is, basically, or that's just what we're accustomed to. But, you know, everybody's lifestyle is different, mm-hmm. even if it's just like on a smaller, smaller scale. Um, but in the movie, obviously, it's, it's more blown out of proportion just to, to give you the clear idea. Right. But yeah, that, that, that pretty well makes sense for yeah, me. I like that. Uh, I like that. For the ending. I completely agree with what Patrick just said about like the German dude and stuff, how like, you know, the lower class is always going to be like um, parasite. Um, and then there's going to be a host and the host is always going to be, you know, the upper class, whatever. Um, and I, and I love that how like we can all kind of relate 
a society, uh, um, our society to um, the movie itself, because um, Boone definitely have the resources to make this like a worldwide film where it's in English with like the best actors in the world. But he kept it, um, you know, a Korean film. But yet we're still able to take so many messages out of it that we can relate to. Yeah. Although the film is in Korean and we don't even know any of the actors and stuff like that, so that's why I really love the movie. Yeah, honestly, that, that was a good way to say it. Agreed, man. Yeah, I definitely wanted to touch that, touch on that in a later topic, but um, but yeah, yeah we'll no, I totally agree with you there. Um, it's it's amazing how, you know, Bong has made English films before. Um, a couple notable ones are Snowpiercer and Okja. Um, and he has American actors in there and and British actors in there, but it's it's awesome how this one was the one that that resonated most with with the whole world, really. So. Yeah, no, I think that's like a really, I mean, it always goes back to the point of, you know, the, the good forms of art or the good products of art kind of, they just have that quality to them. You know, there's, because I mean, yeah, language is really important for, you know, communication for humans. But, but in terms of art, I think sometimes people feel that language is something that could get in the way where in reality you know, the art should just speak for itself, basically. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing, amazing what thoughts. Xander's thoughts. It. Yeah, Xander, what's your thoughts? My thoughts? Um, I really just like that one sex scene. Jeez. <laughs> no, no. no. Hey, I thought at least we're being honest. I thought the film, yeah, I'm the only one being honest, but I thought the film <laughs> overall. Austin wasn't very honest. Yeah, it was pretty, you guys pretty much had everything I wanted to say. I just like how it portrayed that in reality, like the rich they they will most likely never see in their lives what really goes on with like the poor people and everything and then this movie really showed that yeah it really reinforced that i do want to throw some questions at you guys um for sure uh so the first one was uh something that ryan asked me um when i first watched it and it's you know there's a lot of different answers but like who do you guys think was the real parasite in the story Mm. was the kim family the the Park family, the crazy family. I so I was recently thinking about this, and I think kind of everybody Bruh, is a parasite. Yeah. yeah, because so there's the obviously the Kim family who the story's about. They literally in like infiltrate their host slowly and like you know do whatever, but then we find out that there's another family who's also kind of living off of their host. Yeah, for years. Which is the the crazy couple downstairs. But then if you really think about it, it this, and this ties into what Ryan was saying, how the rich family, uh, the Park family, kind of use like kind of just throws money at people to kind of use them. And mm-hmm. in a way, you could almost see them as parasites is like kind of, using using other people you know to their advantage yeah right um something yeah yeah yeah. so i mean yeah i agree with you i think that pretty much everyone in this movie was a parasite um clearly the kims were more parasitic than the others Mm. um yeah but for the parks you know it's kind of tricky because obviously they don't have like a host they're living off of but they are, you know, they need these, the people underneath them to 
But it wasn't Mr. Park like a technology something or like yeah, he was like a yeah, yeah. yeah. CEO he owned his own like some mm-hmm. t- so sort of tech something right yeah mm-hmm. well in order for him to really get the sales and the money he has now he needs the people underneath him to buy mm-hmm. that shit for so in that, a way yeah to add to that in a way, example would be um like when they kicked out the first housekeeper and then you saw that the mom was like really struggling to keep the house together like that's another exactly. example exactly oh go ahead Sorry, they, they need no no i'm just i'm just going off of you like they need these people just as much as the other poor families need the, need them you mm-hmm. know that is true yeah i pretty much agree with all you guys there like there's no really right answer like there's flaws and all these families and there's no really one villain um, and that's like a good thing that pong, that pong bong did is like he left this kind of open-ended definitely yeah. um, he didn't make it seem like so clear, you know. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. That's, that, something that's I what I wanted. To, that's what I wanted to touch on when uh, we're talking about why he left it the way he did. Um, the ending, mm-hmm. where like he didn't have you know the happy ending. He didn't have uh, you know clear cut. Oh, he got a job. He got his dad out. Boom, done. It's more you know open for us to for people like us to you know really love movies to have a discussion and kind of go over these yeah. things yeah because he's he's just like us you know like we appreciate and love films and sure. he sees it the same yeah. way we're kind of seeing it yeah it just creates a dialogue in the movie business and movie and movie uh, lovers everywhere and every, every like good film kind of has that too we're like yeah yeah kind of like argue like what this meant what that meant exactly um, you know, you never really see that in, in like the bad movies. So that's something I appreciate from Mr. Bong. All right, I'm gonna throw another question at you guys. Um, would you say the the social class differences and the financial gap in South Korea reflect America too? Um, I would say yes. You find that shit on fucking Google. What? Did <laughs> <laughs> you find that question on Google? No, that's, that's, that's <laughs> what I was thinking. You want me to answer that shit in MLA format, my guy? <laughs> 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 no, I mean, like, well, because, like, I mean, I'm sure it, it, it's like that in a lot of other countries, too. But, I mean, this film is very deeply rooted in South Korean history and culture. Um, and it's it's crazy how you just, we, like, just relate to it so much. And, and you know, you could, you definitely see that same kind of difference in America, too. That's why I was kind of wanted to see your thoughts on those, uh, on that question, too. I think the clear cut answer is yes, just because, especially right now, uh, I know a lot of Korean people who watch the movie, their their like economic situation and looks on capitalism are pretty similar right now to ours. Like, I mean, I haven't had the chance to go to South Korea, but you know, just from watching stuff on YouTube and you know, hearing from Xander and Carson a little bit and Benji, you know, like their technological advances are insane. Uh, mm-hmm. compared to ours and it's also because they're a smaller country so like it's easier to kind of implement that everywhere definitely like the push to to support their country economically is is probably stronger than it's ever been especially because you were talking about uh you know kind of in the 2010 area era um a lot of issues with uh you know just basically too many people wanting to open up uh, their own businesses uh similar businesses mm-hmm. So especially now, since it's been a good decade or so, they're kind of, you know, like they're just pushing the envelope as much as they can. And I think right now, a movie like this, especially, 
kind of portrays that. And, you know, unfortunately, as many people as there are successful uh, in Korea or America, there's just as many uh, and more, more people. More, yeah. No, yeah, way more that are yeah. 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 That's so true. it's kind of in that regard, I think the movie will hit home with with either uh, demographic and, you know, tons mm-hmm. of other countries in the world, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. And to, to add to your point, um, you definitely see it like literally, literally today with everything going on with the coronavirus. Um, mm-hmm. Like, you know, obviously people are well, well off, like not being able to work and um, having stores closed down. Like it doesn't really affect them that much. And they might even have like a like a more specialized job where they're able to work from home, like maybe like an office job or whatever it may be. Whereas people not as fortunate, they might rely on business like that, like uh, like mom and right. pop shops or small oh, businesses sure. and all that. And the fact that they have to close down and a lot of businesses are closing, it's really unfortunate. And it, I think it for like it just kind of just shows like the the gap even more with this whole situation. Yeah, no, I think that's a really clear way to put that. Thank you. Um, this is a question for Carson and Zandy. Um, whenever you guys went to Korea, like, did you kind of experience, like, did you guys, like, get a sense of, like, the, that type of class differences when you went? Um, class differences? Um, it really depends we on the area. Because yeah. we're, like, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Were you guys in, like, the good areas that way? Well, I don't know oh. what the good areas, but... <laughs> Just like here, um, it depends. If you go to like San Jose, you know, like, of course, you're not gonna get, you know, the taste of like what the model society is and how like um, eating at a taxi buffet would be. But if you go to like a place like you know San Francisco, Vallejo, Oakland, then you know it's different. But where we were, the places we went to, um, weren't, weren't too much too like diverse in class wise. Mm-hmm. But um, mainly, what we see is that the places that we go. We see a lot more young people than you know, anyone of age or working class. That was a good, good question, though. Yeah, thank you for sharing. Yeah, that. it's yeah, definitely hard. Like, cause like I think like if you either if you want to go to the rich spot or like like a kind of more like poor spot, you definitely have to go looking for it. Well, yeah. it's like I mean, think about it. If people were to travel to California, they're they're going to LA. They're going to San yeah. Francisco. Yeah. They're not going to yeah, Vallejo or, you know, any. Yeah. You know, they're not. World. They're going to go sightseeing. They're going to be around, you know, well, like you know, well developed places. You're right. You're That's right. true. So maybe traveling to other places, you won't see it. But when you live there and like you it's know, different. yeah, yeah it's, it, I feel like it's a lot different. <laughs> And that's mm-hmm. that's what the movie can show you. That's what movies yeah, can really that. that's why I show you that you don't know. Yeah, it's like the things you don't see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I kind of have an, another question. Yeah. Also, kind of like a topic. Yeah, hey, for sure. Um. So, uh, like throughout the movie, we kind of see that, like, you know, the less fortunate kind of have like an aggressive tone and sometimes they come off as like people who are like kind of crazy in the mind um Mm -hmm. do you guys do you think that being you know like in the bottom like in the bottom classes that have like any resemblance to like mental type of problems because i don't know just throughout this movie i kind of like felt like bong was kind of alluding to that like 
Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's definitely like real to what it is now. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, so you know how I think there's like points in the movie where they're like the rich family is talking about drugs and shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But like, so that's a form of criminal act, right? But since they're at the top, they can cover that shit up. Right. And we never really got an answer from that. But when when it comes to like like poor people, they get caught because one, they can't cover it up, and then two, like I think criminal acts can happen either way. Say if you have too much money, then you're gonna feel all powerful. So like, of course you can try to do some shady shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the flip side, when you're like poor and like you're literally trying to fight to survive, you're gonna do whatever you can to like survive. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I think just like people who have that like. <laughs> fighting to survive kind of mindset you know it eventually kind of drives them a little crazy and not necessarily intentionally either they might yeah lead them towards a path towards that unintentionally yeah yeah um, i think that one of the things that really hit home was um when the poor family kind of like took over the house and was you know drinking alcohol at the couch Mm -hmm. or whatever Mm -hmm. um the poor dad was saying how um, they're actually saying that the Parks family is actually a really nice family. And then the mom was like, oh, um, you know, shut up. They're only nice um, because they're rich. Yeah. And, they, and it, it kind of really shows how uh, the class thing were like, you know, they don't have to go insane because they have much to worry about. And, um, yeah. they, and in comparison, if anything, um, intelligent wise the park family is actually not even as smart as the kim's family as you know they basically just got scammed and so exactly. yeah there's a huge like class and education and mental issues that you know ties into that yeah okay. yeah they, they, that's that's they definitely uh like reinforce like the stereotypes of the classes there definitely oh and uh to to like kind of go with that like how oh they would think they're nice but they're really not i want to mention one scene where the the mom uh the rich mom was walking out uh jessica and Mm. she was asking her about her ride home and Mm. she was like oh yeah the driver was really nice and then she was like oh you poor um innocent Innocent yeah you innocent girl you you don't know it's okay when you know and that just shows like oh she's playing there and like she's she's the mom's really like that naive yeah honestly uh, yeah, that was a good question. Yeah, that was a good Why point for sure. <laughs> Why not you? <laughs> All right, cool. Wait, um, Ryan, what was the what was your original question? Um, yeah, yeah, my original question, the one about mental health. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah well, sure. I, what I asked, I, I, I don't really remember what I asked, but I just remember it was like, <laughs> <laughs> I just what I remember was like. Do you think that being at the bottom has to relate or relates to having? Oh yeah, yeah, I can. Like, yeah, I think it can. Well, arguably, oh yeah, you go first. Oh well, in the movie it shows because, you know, um, you know, after after the rain scene, let's take that for example. Uh, Mm. when at right after the that morning, you know, the mom wakes up in her clean bedroom her you know the sun is shining she's looking out seeing the seeing the sky and the dad and the family is the poor family just in the gym searching for clothes to wear you know right right and that and we saw that traumatize the dad and traumatized the whole family just yeah. being in that situation just where they live so i think it definitely can have a 
effects on mental health. Yeah, yeah no, I yeah, agree for definitely. sure. Plus, they won't necessarily have the resources or the time to maybe seek like professional help when it comes mm-hmm. to mental health. Yeah. You know, people who don't have it like that, they're in a constant loop of, you know, survival, fighting, and, you know, constantly working and strong. Rich people, they can take time off. You know, they use the mind a little bit. And I also wanted to mention, I I think that's kind of, you know, that's kind of the reason why the movie is based around the the poor family Mm -hmm. because they have kind of more of a backstory. Yeah. Rather than just this bland, rich family just going along their daily lives because they can. Yeah. Exactly. You know, just because it rained, their boring life just keeps going on, you know. Mm-hmm. He goes to work. She's starting. She's doing a birthday party. But yeah. it shows the struggles of the poor families who have to deal with, like, you know, just a regular rainy day. That's a simple mm-hmm. day. Right. You know? Yeah. And it's out of their control, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Really out of their control. Like, no matter how bad, like, you know, they try and get up. They always get pushed down pretty much. Exactly. Kind of sad. But, I mean, throughout the movie, they were kind of like eating at each other. You know, not necessarily like the Kim family eating at each other, but like how they were taking out um, the crazy eyes. They're in the same boat, but, you know, they're trying to fight each other. They're still clashing. For the better position in life, I guess. Right. Yeah, I noticed that as well. Yeah, no, this this is amazing. Like the fact that this film can bring up questions like that, and we could dive deep into it. Mm-hmm. Testament to how great this film is. Um, oh yeah, for uh, sure. I'm pretty sure there's more that we could talk about too. Yeah, um, definitely. I, I honestly like I know, yeah, dude. We only like we barely like <laughs> we barely touched that. I actually wanted to like dive more into like things that happen in the background, but yeah, it's too much. Might need a part two in this bitch. Oh <laughs> shit! <laughs> okay. Damn. Part two. Parasite two comes out. Parasite two. <laughs> Parasite two, bro. Oh man. Jesus, I hope oh, Bong is actually an actor in the next one. Oh my god! Like, I there's rumors of like Hollywood like trying to make like Americanized version of Parasite yeah. and uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Dude, that's I, interesting. No, but... Scarlett oh, Johansson. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, bro. If it's a good movie, just let it be, dude. Man, Honestly, yeah. let it be. Why you gotta fuck everything? Up? Definitely. They literally be. did the same thing with Snowpiercer too. Like they're making that TV show. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, I just noticed that. I heard it's not as good. I'm not gonna lie, that looks pretty good, but still, it does. Yeah, it, does hey, was, it does look good. I like the yeah, actors from Hamilton. And they they also <laughs> did that with another uh, movie. I don't know if you guys know uh, Old Dog. Oh yeah, yeah, or Old Boy, dude, right? The, yeah, old boy, old boy. Yeah, there you go. That's a great film they too. They remade yeah. that into American version. Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah. He said, yeah. When, and the original was so good. But yeah, yeah, that's like an iconic film from, especially from Korea. Yeah. All right. What did Bonk say when he won the Oscar? He said something about like when you read the subtitles, like it opens you up to something. Exactly. Yeah. It opens up to like new stories and new, yeah. new shit. Yeah, and he's not wrong, and I actually I really do I literally believe that because like animes and like Korean films they kind of ha- tend to have more meaningful stories whereas yeah, you can yeah. tell yeah. American films are just meant to produce money yeah yeah, um, okay. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. can't yeah. disagree with that hey, shit yeah, happens. In, in many cases mm-hmm. yeah. alright cool in um, many cases. You know, I, I like how you brought up the Oscar thing we'll, we'll come back to that in just a bit um but first, I do want to talk about 
um some of the like the kind of like the film aspects that we liked um you could touch oh, on yeah. the um, cinematography and things happening in the background ryan if you like to um because i definitely love that part of it too it's really cool seeing like the the set design and the props like having a lot of meaning behind it and it's it feels like such a simple and simple story but like it's still deep as fuck a thing too is like the fact that's in korean but the dialogue is so like precise and straight like i think that's a testament to the writing too like the fact that it's not super wordy and it's just like you know like it just tells what needs to be said and same thing with the cinematography like every shot has meaning whatever's happening in the background is happening for a reason um what's your guys' kind of take yeah i definitely think that like you said i think the biggest thing that sticks out kind of in the grand scheme of things is just like you said bong joon ho's intent with everything mm. um i don't think there's anything wrong sometimes with uh some filler scenes just for an example like say a piece of the story that you want to connect to another piece of the story right would be kind of awkward if you just did it back to back so i can understand why there's filler but even even the quote-unquote filler within parasite i think is still it's still all done with with some purpose and agreed everything's still you still feel the drive every part of the movie so i think that's the biggest thing that stuck out uh when it comes to technique uh the technique also combining with the story to make it even more more efficient more hard-hitting than it potentially could have been weakened had it not really had that you know mm-hmm. so i think that's that's the biggest thing i i kind of felt yeah I agree. yeah that's a good point um i want to point out so i don't know if you guys noticed or if it's even a thing but but kind of the cinematography of like the comparison between the two different homes mm-hmm. yeah. so the poor uh, yes. well i want to start with the rich family the rich the cinematography you nice wide shot uh, mm-hmm. kind of pull back and show the whole landscape of the house and how big to kind of you know like when we were watching it kind of, because it's a big house the family's kind of you know not as close as the right. horror. and you know we get these full shots where well, yeah, and then we we never really get like a full body shot. We all, it's always you know usually close ups or mediums. Close. Yeah, where yeah, the only really full shot is probably like down that little hall. But that yeah, or like the window goes maybe. to show <laughs> yeah that shows their closeness and kind of crampness within where they live. And yeah, I just wanted to touch on that comparison between those two. Yeah, no, that's that's a great point. Like going off of what you just said, rap is just kind of just like uh, Bong did a good job of like you know kind of with I guess like he turned space into a story some oh, yeah. somewhere yeah yeah that's he a good way to put it into a story so like you know with the the park's house it's it's big you know we see a lot more camera movement than we do see inside of the Kim's house where it's you know jam packed and crowded mm-hmm. you know yeah the shots you're not really getting any movement because it's just it's just like it's just like basically you're telling like the cameraman is basically telling the story as if he lived in that house, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. If you're living inside of the park's house, you have more room to to walk around. You're more free. But whenever you live inside 
of like the basement house. It's just like you can barely move, and you, yeah, you know, majority nice of the time, yeah, majority of the time, it was just still shots whenever they were in the basement. Um, but it's just yeah. a representation of like what it would be like to live in a house like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I I like how you brought that because uh, like I definitely noticed like in the in the Kim's house, like there's a lot of very close shots, like like you guys mentioned, but there's also kind of like lower shots and very like tilted angles and stuff like that. Whereas in the Parks family, like it's just like straight wide shots and it's very well like composed and it's not like super close up, like a handheld shot versus like a tripod shot. Yeah. There's yeah. like kind of like this roughness in the shots in the in the the Kim's family versus the Parks. Uh, uh going uh, I want to touch on the lighting how you were saying uh, um oh yeah, yeah I think thinking back to it I don't really remember thinking it thinking about it at the time but thinking about it now mm. I th- think I remember looking at the poor house um the semi basement you you get that blue sort of fluorescent light mm. oh yeah you yeah. know like it, you see like in a doctor's office yeah and that kind of that's kind of the opposite of sort of daylight, yeah. uh, yellow light, Very you know, warm. blue and yeah. orange. So it kind of fits in that also yeah. parallel mm-hmm. to the lighting. Yeah. That's a good point. Uh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of, you get that off the rip too. Like in the beginning, like comparing both of the families, you know, the parks, their, their house kind of comes off as more of like a light. Um, I don't know. Like a, like, a white, light, light. like a white light type of house, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a white light type of house. Their house is more open, so they, they can get more sunlight in there. But whenever you, whenever we were looking at um, the Kim's house, it was kind of more like a like a dirty feeling. Like even just based off of the lighting, it felt like it was kind of dirty in there, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And plus, you know, since they're they're underground, they're living under like big houses and stuff like that. So they're shaded in. Unlike with the parks, you know, they're more open, you know, their house is feel is more free for light to come in. Um it's it's yeah. weird though, because I didn't I never would have thought lighting would have had a story that and kind say, of effect. Yeah. yeah it kind of has like a story in saying, you know, what social classes have the better, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Kind of crazy. Yeah, it's cool how lighting and music can like kind of evoke that feeling without like you know just like subconsciously and we don't really think about it until until you know we discuss it and mm-hmm. yeah. right yeah. Uh, yeah so carson um you did write in this part of the class like things that we love about like the hidden relations of the asian culture and the asian view of Ooh, america yeah. can you kind of touch on that too yeah there's just a lot of metaphors and um like reference to a lot of asian cultures and Know, Asian history, Korean um, history itself. Um, yeah, one of the things that um, touched on earlier was the Taiwanese business. Um, it was like a Taiwanese cake business that was really popular back then. Mm-hmm. That a lot of people got uh, messed over and, you know, and then getting a lot of depth. And it's just like right now how everyone is trying to open up a freaking, what, uh, a gomcha and then a lot of people are failing. Um, but one of the things that is um, actually, so this film is a Korean film and Although we can take a lot away from it, there's also a, a lot of hidden meanings for Koreans and Asians themselves that um, they got all of it. And one of the things that um, I read about is um, remember the little um, little thing that um, Jessica and Kevin was saying 
before Jessica was um, officially introduced into the house, wow, where yeah. um, the Jessica Illinois Chicago whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so saying that that beat actually uh, refers to a very popular um, Korean song. Um, so for the like past what 300 years, Korea and Japan has been in a some type of cold war um, because there's an island in between um, the border that they were both trying to claim. And then they made a song that um, they said, oh, the what those two um, island is ours and that's the title of the song and that's the rhythm they took to use as um, the Jessica Illinois Chicago whatever mm-hmm. and um, so it's almost like a resemblance of how um, her changing the lyrics to that song is almost like her claiming that that's their house now just like how the Koreans are trying to claim that oh, their island is ours and mm-hmm. you know that's another the crazy thing that um, small details that um, Boone added that you know you know you know and if you don't you, you know it's still um a very you know pleasing tune and um a well dollar scene mm-hmm. yeah it's really yeah cool. when you find that out that's fucking amazing what the heck i know that's crazy that's a that's that's a good tip yeah um, that's, that's crazy and it it shows like how deeply rooted this film is in like korean culture and, and asian culture so yeah, going off a, uh, I I don't know if this really has to do too much with Korean culture, mm. um. But I was watching this video about this, and um, I actually read the comments, and they were saying like, you know, the Ramdan scene has a lot to do with like, you know, how, how like the Korean class differences like there is, um, like they were saying like, that the the beef or whatever that um, yeah. Kim's mom was making is. A Korean beef that you know Koreans know is something that only co- rich Korean people can obtain, and um, the the ramen that she was cooking was just like some basic ass, you know, cheap cheap ramen. Yeah, and I don't know. I just thought that was like kind of like a subtle jab at the mom because you know she's a lower class Korean, but she knows that this that that Korean beef is just something oh. that she'll never be able to. Dude. Yeah. yeah, that's a that reminds me. Uh, the she analysis said, that I heard. Oh, sorry. You want to go? Well, just something quick. She said, She said, What the hell is wrong with the mom? Oh, oh yeah. She yeah, didn't yeah, know what too. it was. Exactly. Like, yeah. in the Korean, I, th- I guess in the Korean culture, it's kind of like, you know, only the rich people really know about it. And if the poor people do know about it, it's not like they can get it anyways. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Go ahead, Carson. Go ahead, Carson. Yeah, um, the the um the analyst that I read was um so the Ramdam if you see it the sauce I forgot what this was called but it's a typical traditional um uh, Chinese Korean dish that um is it would they would eat with ramen um for the locals then um and then it's basically ramen and um udon and then you add beef and then you add whatever meat you want. And then um, the udon is like a little higher end stuff because you know it's like a um, Japanese related stuff. So um, the the don the udon is like imported. So it's kind of like it's kind of another class of society. And then the you know like where I said the um, the Korean beef that they have was like um, the highest class um, only, and um, people, mm-hmm. only rich people eat it. And then um, to mix all those together for you know. Um, Makes all those three ingredients together that you know you see people um don't. It's kind of like a representation of like the three families of different society, um, oh, shoot. in the single household. 
Wow. So, like, oh. the bowl is a house, and then, you know, the meat represents, you know, the rich family and so on and so forth. And that's, Holy you cow. know, yeah. That's crazy. That's just oh, deep, bro. That's a lot. That is that's deep. deep. <laughs> that was not that was ready. just something that was yummy. I was, not <laughs> yeah, I was like, damn, I want to try that. But wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it, was not it's ready. crazy. Well, I mean, I get, like, if you think about it, you know how big of big food kind of has on, like, Asian culture. So. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. It yeah. makes yeah. sense. Yeah. I guess that can kind of relate to that too. Yeah, definitely. Dude, Dude awesome. I took a, I just finished my Japanese pop culture class and three <laughs> weeks, three weeks of it was about like food and meeting an Asian culture, dude. Yeah. Like it's how it's literally yeah. how people get together, how families get together and, and whatnot. Yeah. 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 And it's something like everybody can relate to because every, everybody does it. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves it. Speaking about food, um, you, like you guys also realize that like the beginning of the film, um, the poor family before they were you know scamming people and making any money, like they were mainly just drinking alcohol. Mm-hmm. Then food didn't kick in until they started making money. But then you never see the rich family actually like drinking alcohol, and um, it's kind of like a metaphor how like they're just like drinking the day away because you know can't afford anything else and you know they have like no no um life ambition i guess or um things that they can do wow and even that's kind of like a stereotype to like um poor people because i was reading about it you know like poor people like they just like to drink and i guess apparently in like in asia that that that's kind of like a commonality like they just drink a lot a lot um So I guess it's kind of just like another stereotype that Bong kind of included into the film. Yeah, yeah and like the to tie it in with like poor people, I remember like uh, like back in like even the Middle Ages, like so long ago, people like poor people would drink because you know it would keep them warm because most of the time they couldn't have hot food or hot meals; mm-hmm. they were just eating whatever they could, and then drinking alcohol could keep them warm at night. So that. That could maybe I could, like, I could have a factor in it too. Yeah, wow, that's yeah. a yeah. crazy connection. Wow. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, that's boy. amazing, bro. That's amazing. How do you guys feel about like what what meaning do you do you think that that rock really gave to the Kim family? That's the question I wanted to hear. Mm-hmm. Oh, and cool. Car- Carson yeah. Carson put it really well. Yeah, like Carson that. put it really yeah, well. He did. Yeah, we go with that first. Carson, <laughs> you want to touch on that again? Um, yeah, so it's kind of um, the rock itself. Uh, again, it's, it's called a down, uh, downstream rock. Where, uh, uh, it's created by thousands of years of water, you know, coming down to make it that pattern. And, mm-hmm. you know, in Asian culture, you don't, you don't usually give anything that, any rocks or any nature um, antiques um, to, um, family, to other people's families. It's, it's kind of disrespectful, but that's kind of... Um, that's kind of how it's different for this story and then and um you guys can tell um it kind of evan or the the poor guy um he kind of got like attached to the rock he said oh he keeps coming back yeah. for him he sees as almost like a lucky charm but at the end it almost Kills killed him, him. yeah uh, and then yeah then, yeah crazy yeah. something that i read was um how um the rocks also is like a metaphor of how um you know it's a everyone it is a useless piece of rock right but mm-hmm. to him it's so special and it became something that you know, represents a family yet also because it's a rock is heavy it's also like always 
bringing them down, like bringing them back down to you know whatever they achieve. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and I, I really like that was really deep, and I like kind of blew my mind when you said that because it kind of makes sense how you said it was created by thousand years of just like downflowing water, mm-hmm. and right, and kind of it kind of like represents the family of how like, you know, all that down, all that um, kind of just like poverty is just like, just Way like all, all, basically all the hardships in their life are like chiseling them into like what, the, and that's what the rock is. It's that water just washing away every particle, every bit of them and making what the, mm. that's what all their hardships are kind of forming what they are. And maybe that's why he kind of stuck to the rock. Wow. Jeez. Yeah. That was beautiful. well said. It's beautifully yeah. said. That <laughs> was beautifully Thanks, said. Dude. Yeah. Get deep Weird thing I kind of thought of with the rock is like, it kind of resembles like a, like a mountain. Um, and you could kind of connect that to the social triangle and how the rich, the rich families are going to be on the top. And then obviously the, the poorer family is going to be at the bottom and you know, the hill is oh, so steep. Yeah. Like, you know, there's oh, kind of no way another, to get up. Okay, yeah. and, and, and how he kind of wanted to topple the whole thing with the rock too. Mm-hmm. Dang, bro. This is crazy. This is wild, dude. We're just talking about a rock. <laughs> We're talking about a fucking dude. rock. <laughs> Actually, I do want to talk about something that um, yeah. I read. Um, yeah. I know, you know, and they would love this topic um, about the uh, oh, <laughs> yeah. scene where yeah the the rich couple were you know, touching each other. Um, mm-hmm. That scene. Um, so I, I read it. I read it um, on an interview that um, they had with Boone in Hong Kong. So he was saying that he kept that scene on there on purpose, and he spent six years writing the script. And the first, you know, he said that after the first two years of I'm thinking about what it's going to be about and how it's going to go, he has to add that sex scene into it, you know, for teenage boys, you know, exciting scene. It's actually like for um, Boone himself, it's actually like a deeper meaning to it. So um, the poor family was hiding under the table and, um, you know, being very uncomfortable, um, very uncomfortable, of, you know, the rich couple having sex right next to them. And um, they, it's actually a way for Boone to hook in the audience because um, movie itself is not rated R. And um, <clears throat> that's why that's all you see. But um, he, say, he was saying that the, this, you were watching this movie with like your father or your mother and the discomfort you would get from that scene would be almost the same discomfort would be for the dad to have to witness that next to his two kids. And I and I find it mind blowing that you know, yeah. For for us, it's a scene that it's like you know all jokes and all about him. It actually you know helps develop a feeling, um, a first person feeling you have character. Yeah, like what Patrick was telling us before, how he watched this movie with with his the first time. (laughs) Yeah, I watched it with my mom the first time. That's that's crazy. I didn't even think of that. Bro, I know that's that's crazy. That's some 4D right there. Yeah, that is 4D. <laughs> that is 4D. <laughs> oh, actually, um, you know, Carson, we forgot to talk about um, the last point you have on this section, um, kind of like the Asian view of America. Do you want to touch on that? Oh, sure. Well, um, if you guys, there's a lot of reference on, you know, 
America, how, you know, these kids, they graduated from the U.S. or, you know, um, they were born and raised there. And, you know, a lot of items they were buying or using. And um, me, me personally, I see the analogy to the Korean themselves where um, they're themselves they're heavily dependent on the US on um trade and military because they're you know still kinda in a cold war and mm. um it, and it's kinda like a Korean inside joke or you know a slap in the face on you know how reliant they are on you know all this American stuff and how they feel like you know, the closer they are to Americans or the the more English they speak, they seem a lot more educated and higher ended than um, anyone else. And um, it's actually super relatable to a lot of Asian cultures. Um, yeah. You go to, you know, whatever Asian country, you know, if you speak English, they think they're higher end. So a lot of people love to like slip those sentences or phrases into, you know, conversations. Yeah, no, it's true. Especially when you're you're American, when you travel to those countries, like, you know, you're automatically viewed as higher class, like you were saying, solely just because you're American. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and I also find it crazy how how so many countries like South Korea or all these other countries look up to America, but like, or the U.S. and like half of the U.S. like like doesn't even acknowledge like. <laughs> the the red like all of them you know what i'm saying that's true mm-hmm. like like looking at the bottom of our notes here it says the language barrier so it sucks how some western viewers don't want to watch it solely because it's current oh and, yeah that's yeah. yeah you know what i'm saying and i even heard not to bring like politics into this but i heard trump saying like bashing oh, yeah. i was gonna bring the, that up uh, bashing the uh the award ceremony because it because a korean film won an award in america yeah and it just like while all these other countries look up to us half of our country just like completely ignores the rest of the world yeah basically i like how you brought that up i was actually going to bring up the same thing too um we might as well transition into that that topic um while we're at it to add on to the trump story that you were mentioning um it was he was at a trump rally he was like and the Oscar, it happened after the Oscar Awards. He's like, wow, you know, this Korean film, it won Best Picture um, in America. Um, and, you know, that, like, Korea winning uh, the Best Picture in America is a big deal. We'll get into that, the reason why. But um, it's funny, in that same speech, like, after he was like, have you guys seen Gone with the Wind? Like, we need more films like Gone oh with the Wind. Oh, my. Did he say that? He did, dude. And, like, because he wants to make America great again. Exactly. I'm like, like Gone with hey. the Wind. It's what funny. The like, fuck, like, the one <laughs> film that's, like, you know, has a lot of racist undertones and it reinforces racist stereotypes. Is That's the film that he loves. And he's like, man, we need more films like Gone with the Wind winning Best Picture. I was like, oh, that's, that's crazy. Basically, they have to say, wait, there's been a mistake. Like you guys want best picture? <laughs> <laughs> nah, Bro. Trump. Trump should have went up there and been like, "Hey, y'all, y'all had a really good thing, but I, I thought Gone with the Wind had a better video." Man, but yeah, no, I, I, speaking of the language barrier, like I even see like people that I know, like just don't want to watch it solely because it's yeah. in Korean. I'm like, 
dude, like it's such an amazing film. Like, and you know, the dialogue itself is not super wordy. Like, it's not like it's gonna be hard to understand. Um, no hell no. You know, when you translate it and with subtitles, like it's really mm-hmm. easy to read and follow. Yeah. Um, and I mean, shit, I use subtitles for for the movies I watch in English. So, <laughs> you know, like, I know, huh? It's yeah, like nothing different at all. Yeah, no. If anything, I think. Um... The reason that that irks me the most is because it's kind of like how Andrew was talking about how I mean obviously we don't know if it's if it's half of the country but you know whatever the number is of yeah. people who who do ignore other parts of the world it's it's just frustrating not even not even the language barrier or whatever subtitles or whatever the hell it's like y'all are totally forgetting that people who live in a different part of the world have a totally different thought process on how they want to do things yeah and especially when it comes to something like art, you know, and a film that's a visual representation, like that's that's basically closing yourself off from from like new ideas, which is just crazy yeah, because really when it comes to especially in Asian culture, the way the way details are laid out, especially the especially I feel like Japanese and South Korean people, the details are like where it's at, you know. Like yeah. literally, Carson just talked about they put in a chime for the Chicago yeah. thing. Like, what movie in America is gonna give a fuck about that? Honestly, like, not Gone with the Wind, that's for sure. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and it's not that I like. It's just I want people to experience that. You know, even if you end up not really finding it to be your thing, it's like, bro, just at least see what the other parts of the world are capable of before you go out and just be like nah i'm good yeah i'm too lazy to read you know what i'm saying right. it's just like mm-hmm. that's literally the argument that I, i've seen from people like like people that i know they're like i just don't want to read i'm like what the fuck? yeah i'm like right okay <laughs> so jesus weird. it ain't that hard to read the goddamn subtitles bro no it's yeah, really not bro exactly. like i'm telling you man other cultures have way better fucking movies and shows than we do. They put a lot. They put a lot more yeah. heart into it than what America does. Yeah, yeah, because like what you guys were saying earlier, most of American like the film industry, most of it is all commercial. It's all to make money. Yeah, yeah for sure it is. And the other and other places, they make movies because they want to. It's not because it makes money at all. Yeah, like more, like more if you look at how they feel about a topic. Yeah, and if you look at like um, I know we always like have memes and like jokes about like Bollywood or like the Indian yeah. movies or whatever, and like South African or stuff like that. But like mm-hmm. they make movies because they want to, uh-huh. and you know, there's no real industry over there to make money off of it. Yeah, yeah versus so, like, us where we really have Hollywood good. as like yeah, you know, this whole thing, yeah. Yeah, somebody freaking, yeah, like he in America, like college students rented a camera, went out and made a movie and brought it back in the Blair Witch Project, just, you know, just because they could. But over there, you know, not everybody can do that. Not everybody can. But when they do and when like a good movie is produced somewhere outside of the U.S., like it's like really important because it's like. It's just not what most movies are about because the U.S. probably produces the most movies. Oh, yeah. Sure, yeah. I mean, I mean I like they're think. they're like viewed in in China and like everywhere. Yeah, they're viewed yeah everywhere. Like, like I think it's important to look at other other cultures too, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah, for sure. 
Yeah, I agree. Like America steals um, movies too. It's like from other cultures. That like, too, bro. Yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Like Ghost in the Shell with fucking Scarlet. Oh my god, like, dude! All yeah. all. I bet all Disney princesses, they're all based off of other legends. <laughs> yeah, they actually are. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. Mulan, like Snow bro. White, Snow White's probably some German. You know, that kind of reminds me. I mean, this is slightly off topic, but it's something we yeah, talked about a little bit. It's kind of, I mean, no, it's honestly the same exact thing with K-pop. Like, oh, just yeah. how so many, people, so many people won't give it a shot. Just say it's, my, my, my biggest annoyance with it Okay, like whatever you can be ignorant and not not even bother trying to listen to it. But my biggest biggest disappointment is how when people say that K-pop, the artists don't write their own lyrics, and that K-pop is just a manifestation of what American music already is. And I'm like, bro, literally, that's the whole that's literally the whole world like entertainment industry. Like, you can't tell me that American music made every type of music like no america yeah, wasn't even yeah. a country bro they're the, like, steals, they're the one that steals their identity from other countries yeah bro like there's there's cultural appropriation like amongst everyone not not just one country versus another and yeah. like same with the lyricist thing dude that thing hella pissed me off because dude k-pop rappers aren't real rappers they don't even write anything i'm like bro do you not realize that like even kanye has like bro, seven everybody. people he has like eight everybody. yeah i'm like dog of course, you can have an original idea, but when it comes to the entertainment business, there's always there's, there's always going to be another layer. Down. Yeah, 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 he, exactly. Yeah, I'm he, like y'all, and it, you could say the same thing with movies too, because there's no way, especially a movie, there's no way you could make a movie by yourself mm-hmm. at, in any way. No. Yeah, at any stage of the movie, like there has to be steps of interpretation and like redesign. So, yeah. it, like the idea of like someone's own idea. Like what the fuck, bruh? It's all about how you think and like how you were raised. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. you were raised from either your culture or taking or you know getting ideas from other cultures and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So it's right. everybody has, you know, everybody's affected by everybody else. Literally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Especially art. now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And all oh, art yeah, takes influence technology. from a different piece of art. <laughs> yeah, and technology. Oh, yeah. shit, we going off. <laughs> going off. You know what, you know I mean, fuck Parasite. We're going off on a tangent. <laughs> 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 That's low-key what it sounds uh, like. Low-key. Sounds like we just hate America. <laughs> I know. Oh, I know. <laughs> hey, hey, Get hey. Me out my here. FBI agent listening to this? Yeah. yeah. FBI. CIA, whatever. Oh, oh but yeah, no. I mean, literally... All pieces of art take some sort of inspiration from another piece of art. I mean, even <laughs> Bon Joon Ho like took inspiration from a lot of American directors on how he makes his own films. Like, like you guys mentioned, like he he's just like us. He's a a, a fan of film and he right. aspires to be these directors and even shouted them out at the Oscars. Um, Hell yeah! Which is which was an amazing moment. And yeah, yeah, it's like you know, like even though it takes some inspiration from other films, like you could make something unique out of it too. So that's something not to ignore either. Oh, right. definitely not. Big facts. Big facts. Yeah. I mean, if you ever, if you ever took a uh, humanities, you'll you'll know collective learning. <laughs> oh god. Oh god. Oh god. Goldilocks conditions. Oh my god, Mr. Goldilocks conditions, bro. Hey, shout out Mr. Marsden if you're hearing this. Mr. Marsden and Oh, Miss Campoy. 
Oh, hey, shout out Miss Campbell. Oh. <laughs> All right. Um, so I want to dive into oh. what well, probably will be me. our last topic. Um, it's oh. the global success of Parasite. And I think a perfect example is like how many awards it won, especially at the Oscars, which is, you know, American. <laughs> um, so it won Best Picture. And what's really important about that, it's the first international picture to win Best Picture. And it's also the first non-English film to win Best Picture. And, you know, the ever? Oscar... Yeah, ever. Yeah, ever. Holy. And it's been bro, around that's, for that's crazy. almost 100 years. So, like, I think, like, around 80. So that paired with the fact that you know the oscars kind of like the academy is made up of a, mostly white males so it's very biased when it comes to nominations um usually yeah. there's something that's that doesn't seem right and you know the fact that a south korean film that's mainly in korean won best picture is is a big it's a big moment it's a big step yeah. towards moving at least somewhere towards some yeah. progression with the oscars and is, that's not even the only award I won. It won Best Director for Bong Joon-ho, Best Original Screenplay, and uh, Best Foreign Film. So, yeah, right, I think that's, that's, a, that's a, it's a big move. Um, um, what's notable, though, that there's no acting nominations for them. You know, I feel, yeah. like, I feel oh. like the um, the dad, Mr. That was, Dan, I feel like that was biased. Yeah, it definitely is, yeah. Um, yeah, that was kind of too biased. Yeah, and I think it was mainly white actors that got nominated that year, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it happens. Like, I don't know. Hopefully, this is a step in the right direction, and then oh, it definitely is. It'll yeah. trickle down into more into more categories. Yeah, it's kind of like, so, yeah, kind of like BTS. I mean, like they haven't, you know, done everything that they can do, but they're definitely paving the way for for any artist, not even just Asian artists. Yeah, I actually wanted. To, I, I'm glad you brought it up because I actually did want to oh. tie it to K-pop too. Because oh. the fact that Parasite. <laughs> Like so many of us have watched it in America, and the fact that Parasite made such a big wave in, like, the Western audience, like, it's a big deal because like it kind of opens up the eyes of us. Like, you know, like there's other films out there, like we were talking about earlier, and I think that pairing with the popularity of BTS and the rise of K-pop in America too, like, it is it just it contributes to the idea. Like, you know, there's other stuff out there. Like, there's other people's cultures. They're just as good. If not better, if not better too, yeah, <laughs> definitely. That was a long cast. A lot of a lot of stuff we talked about. Um, for thank, sure. Thank you, Rap and Carson, for joining us on your guys' first uh, guest appearance. This is hey, definitely not going to be the first me. time you're going to be on this on this uh, podcast. Yeah, they'll but, be back. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! It was it was a pleasure having you guys here. Um, it was it was a great episode. I had a lot of fun. Me too. Any final thoughts you guys want to um, add? No, I mean. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Yeah, we went through a lot. Yeah, we went through a lot. Parasite, amazing movie. It definitely deserved every award it got. Maybe okay. even more. Yeah. Yeah, more would be nice. Yeah. Most definitely. Uh, it definitely broke broke the boundaries a little bit. That's and okay. And for me, it kind of, you know, opened my eyes to be more persistent, I guess, with what, yeah. I'm, what I'm making. Like, I want everything to have some sort of meaning whenever I, I make my like films in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, I just love how Bong just paid that attention to detail. On every song. Yeah, like, literally everything. Yeah. He literally did everything. like, And that's kind of what it takes to be a great filmmaker, just like him. And yeah. thank Agreed. you, Carson and Rappy, for coming on. Yeah, thank you. This is mine. Of course.
Mm-hmm. Now, what was your guys' favorite scene? Oh, um, the tuber- tuberculosis scene was my favorite. Just the way TV. it was edited, that was my favorite part. Yeah, that's a good scene. What about you, Carson? Um, the scene where the little boy was eating a cake in front of the fridge, and then the the crazy dude was climbing up the stairs. me for like nice, bro. Dude, the way he was walking up the stairs. Can we talk about that for just a second? Bro. What the bro. Fuck? <laughs> that was crazy, bro. God, that was <laughs> you guys have any what favorite a, scenes? It's a good one. Oh, I'll let everyone else. So answer. funny. So what about funny. what about Xander? Zander, what's your favorite scene? Zander, what's your favorite? My favorite scene is when uh, the daughter grabbed the peaches. Oh, <laughs> that yeah. one's good, dude. Yeah. That one's really good. <laughs> I know you guys want me to say the sexy. But no, <laughs> the fact that she used peaches as a weapon was like genius. Yeah. I like that. Because I always think of how Darren's allergic to peanuts and we always threaten him with peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's oh, like, so the well, and everything else and like uh, shrimp and shit. So, so that's yeah, why bro. I like that scene. You better watch out, buddy. Yeah. It's like, it's like relatable. Like, yeah, yeah. So you better not, you better not piss me off because I always carry peanuts. Oh, bro. <laughs> that's a secret. He's gonna be the parasite in my life. Just kidding. You're, you're my best friend. Uh, it's definitely towards the end. I think I like, I like when he puts the uh, downstream. Yep. Wait, whoa, 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 no, the downstream, the downstream rock. I don't know if it's, the, is it the same exact one or is it a different one? No, it's the same one. The same one. The same one. Right. Right. Yeah, cause I think, I think right from that point um, to the kind of his imaginary plan, I think that part just hits really hard because it's kind of the, what could have been, or like, it's the deep down, mm-hmm. it's his truest intention. Um, like back to where he's from. Yeah, and like I just, you know, obviously like they had to make the whole movie, but like I wish that was, I wish that was like the goal he had without having to lose his dad. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, just like from the get go, like that's the person he could have strived to be, and even if he didn't reach that part or like that immense of success, like he would still land somewhere pretty nice, I, I think. But like, it's just cool to reminisce in that, and um. In some ways, you know, obviously my life is nothing close to that, uh, those types of hardships. But in a lot of senses, it, it does make me feel like with what I have, you know, I need to, I need to do my best to be the best person possible in like any regard. Right. So I think, mm-hmm. I think it's not just, just the scene, but kind of how my thoughts connect to it. That's nice. Yeah. Thank you for that. Sure that. <laughs> you always do that, man, but. <laughs> it's enlightening, you know. Yeah, I thought he was gonna say about so- something about life again. <laughs> it was close. It was close. I was waiting for him to actually say it. it was almost there. We didn't actually say it. Oh, God. he didn't explicitly say it. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's good. A- I like that. The show. Thank you. How about you, rap? Uh, I, I guess I would say when they're walking down the stairs. Um, in the rain scene on the the, the rain scene mm-hmm. um good one because it uh i don't know just like what i said before kind of just show the differences between the two families like you know they're physically walking down from their house all the way down to their house you know mm-hmm. and it kind of just shows like like the 
the social hierarchy, but like on a like on literally at the top, and they're literally in a semi basement at the bottom, and it just shows that long walk down. I would say that. Oh, my favorite yeah. scene. That one hits hard for sure. Yeah, that's um, such an important scene too. Yeah, it is. What about um, you? Did you already say yours, Darren? Yeah, it was a, the tuberculosis scene. Yeah, I think I also low-key, it's kind of just, I guess from my comical scene, I think my favorite one is uh, when they're trying out the new Ben in the Mercedes dealership. Oh, yeah. I kind of like that part as like the, the comical scene. That's my favorite. That one's a great scene too. Man, I wish I could do that with my dad, bro. I want to go show him a Benz. <laughs> Ryan, did you say yours? No, I haven't said mine yet. <laughs> I guess I, I kind of have two. Yeah, yeah no One is more on a comical sense. So, like, there was a scene where... um, I don't know if you guys watched the scene. Or remember you watched it? <laughs> I don't know. I might remember. Um, they it was whenever they finally started scamming, right? And they they went out to go eat, and finally they can afford food. And they went into the pizza oh, place where yeah, they were. Yeah, yeah, I caught that. Yeah, they were working for that pizza bitch, and. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Pizza bitch. What is up with you guys? Pizza bitch, crazy eyes. Oh my god. <laughs> and, uh, she like drops their fucking pizza on their table like hello. Yeah, like, slammed it. And she gives them the face. And it's just like I just loved how they were they just fucking they were so mean to this bitch. And next thing you know, now like she she like they're she, they're better than her now, basically. And yeah, she's yeah. serving them now. Oh now yeah. she's serving so like Comedic thing, uh, like that's that was pretty good. That's a good one. But that is pretty for good. me, my favorite scene was whenever they finally reached the bottom of the stairs during the rain scene. They're kind of like, they're kind of like getting mad at each other. It's like you know, what's our plan or whatever. That, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what Jessica said. Um, not it wasn't more about like the story. I kind of just liked the way they filmed that scene. You know, they had a yellow light above them and made things seem very gritty. Um. Definitely made them feel, you know, vulnerable in that scene. Mm-hmm. And just like the whole background, like just the rain pouring on them, there's trash behind them, it's flooding. Just just that scene kind of made me feel like just made me appreciate you know, everything that went on in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, the story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that's kind of where I kind of felt like, yeah, this is a great this is just a great fucking film. That's the um, yeah, man, I, mean, I agree with that. Whenever I actually think about the story, you know. That's whenever they came back to to the realization that fuck, you know, what are, what are we gonna do now? Like we're just so screwed. And I guess I can say that's kind of where I was like, I guess I could find like some sort of like relatability to it. I was like, you know, I guess I can see myself being like, like if I was ever in a hard situation like that, you know, um, I would feel the same way as them. Yeah, um, that's yeah. kind of why I appreciated that scene so much yeah and that scene um, like is a turning point for the rest of the film exactly, you know? exactly it was a very strong one too you can see like the characters um their emotions change and their attitudes change throughout the rest of the film mm-hmm. honestly bro um, hell so, yeah Definitely, that was a good bro. one what? yeah wow damn Again, wow man. i wish i watched that scene <laughs> <laughs> you know i know I it's a sweet watch bunch 
one. Yeah, the one with the peaches. The one with the couch. There's a lot of scenes with the couches. Oh, oh yeah. No, I love that scene where the <laughs> old nanny was um, put into um, about two plus a the missile for the as a as a message. Oh, yeah, 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 it was like massaging mm. the crazy dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's mm-hmm. a great couch scene. Great scene, great scene. Yeah. Anyways, welcome back to the Dojo Podcast, where we talk about the top ten couch scenes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye. Thank you guys uh, so much for joining. Um. Anyway, any any final thoughts? Don't wanna. Mm-mm. All right. Just think. Watch Parasite. Yeah. Come on. Just watch it. Come Shout on, out Bon Joon Ho. Shout out yeah, Bon. Shout out Rap. Shout Whoa. out Carson. Let us know in the comments what your guys' favorite scenes were. Most definitely. Man, I'm going to hire this guy. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, y'all are getting paid for this shit? Oh, uh, (laughs) uh, 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 (laughs) All right, yeah, thank you guys. Um, Yeah, thank you again, uh, Rap and Carson, for joining us. Uh, Again, it's not the first time or last time you're going to be here. Um, We're definitely going to have you guys on again. All right. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Hasta luego. Hasta luego, baby.